the AFL uh, and the Tasmanian government um, are trying. I mean, they're obviously trying to get a team down in Tasmania. Yep. The nineteenth license. We've, there's been plenty of discussions on what's going on, uh, but there's also been a podcast being yep. produced and by our next guest. And the podcast, as I said before, the break is called The Believers, uh, AFL's, uh, Tasmania's AFL Journey, and it's with Alistair Nicholson. And it's a series of interviews with uh, Tasmanian people and um, people that, you know, probably want the, um, the team to be, to be there. Um, and the producer of this pr- um, podcast is joining us now, and that's Jono Nash. G'day, Jono. Hello, Jack. Hello, was Thanks for having me. Did I no, spit mate. that out all right? No, well, you did, you did. I, I was wondering, I was hoping you could reminisce more on the on Glenn Jakovic if you could, because that was the sort of glory to the Eagles. Do you reckon they underachieved? Do you reckon they should have done had more oh, success in the period that they did? Great question. Uh, no, two, two was enough. I think if you win two, you're not underachieving as a group. I think. Oh, yeah, no, of course. But this is f- where yeah. greed plays a role in it, because speaking of <laughs> the podcast series, like one of the. One of the um, the, the big Tasmanian people that we had on the show recently, well, it was released this week, was Nick Rewalt. And that's, if that's sort of a bigger heartbreak story in the AFL. I don't know what is. But that, that sort of period when St Kilda had that dominance. So you look at 09, that slipped away. Um, they were the best team of 2010, didn't secure that. But conversely, Collingwood were by far the best team in 2011 and they weren't able to get the job done against Geelong. So yep. proof that it is hard to win, but if you can try and make the most of uh, your premiership window do so because uh, if you look at the West Coast outfit now, they've, uh, they've certainly fallen off the cliff. Yes, they have. And how, how are things going with this uh, podcast? Are we looking at it? So, so what's the sort of, or not the point I should say, well, yeah, well, what's the point of the, the uh, podcast? Well, largely it's, it's to support um, the Tasmanian AFL task force push for the 19th AFL licence. It's largely a great recollection of some of Tasmania's finest AFL products. So some of them are, are quite obvious, but I, I tell you what, when, when you're in a room with them and you're, you're talking about um, the halcyon days of the Tassie Football League and even um, the, the junior pathways that was quite robust back in the day when Tassie was a, a thriving football heartland, it's, it's hard to not get swept up in the emotion of, of why Tasmania deserves a 19th licence. Um, it's, it's quite, it's, it's, it's amusing the way that um, the state has been neglected in the way that it has for some time. Um, so just to, to be able to, you know, play a small role in, in the sharing of these stories um, and just how passionate these, these significant Tasmanian uh, football identities are, it's just, yeah, it's, it's quite moving. Like we've had the likes of Matthew Richardson, uh, Nick Rewalt, um, Alistair Clarkson will be an episode we'll release shortly. He, of course, is a member of the task force. Um, the great Michael Roach um, and Jack Rewalt is one we're going to record this week as well. So a great ensemble of, of Tassie greats um, that we hope will, will help, help evo- evoke some, some emotions as we head into the, the all-important August vote with the AFL presidents. So, you, yeah, you're running alongside the actual decision-making people and the people behind the request for the licence. And we are 100% that it's a request for a 19th licence <laughs> and not not North to go. No, North can go down there, Warren. <laughs> but that's the... But yeah. uh, Has Russell Robertson sort of put his hand up yet? He's a, he's a proud Tassie. Yeah, there's that many of them. That's why with... Um the series in itself, you, we could easily, and without going too deep into it and even focusing on the 
the local heroes that wouldn't be well um, well known in the mainland, but we identified 60 off, off the, you know, just a quick scan of, of all the Tassie greats itself. But, um, yeah, you, you, you quickly forget, like even in the late 80s when um, the early stages of there being a national draft, I think there would have been a three-year stretch where Tassie had um, up to like 18 players drafted. And in the last sort of five years, that number has certainly um, dwindled. It's picked up largely in the last couple of years. But that's where, for, for people like us, you're quick to forget just mm. what a thriving football state it was. Um, and there are a number of reasons why it sort of, you know, failed to, to maintain that legacy as well. But it's an established footy state. Um, and you can understand the, the reasons why the AFL moved into these um, untapped markets like Gold Coast and GWS. But you have an existing audience base here and um, you guys would have covered extensively the, the Jack Jumpers reign in mm. the NBL this year. That the AFL is at an, uh, an incredible juncture at the moment where if it fails to invest in football in the state, basketball will be the dominant sport yep. in Tasmania, that's for sure. And it's hard to pick up um, that lost participation rates because we, we know that. It's easy to, to, as a parent, if you've got kids, to duck in and out of a basketball game on the weekend as opposed to almost a half-day commitment that a football match can bring as well. So there's there's some challenges for the AFL in Tasmania and um, the, the case is compelling that uh, a 19th licence for the AFL men's and the AFL women's will will help reverse um, the participation slump that we've seen in the last decade. Uh, Cameron Ling came out and said that the talent pool probably isn't big enough. Um, is that something that you've heard about? down your end and spoken about? I disagree. I don't think it'll detract from any spectacle itself. No, no, absolutely not. So that's the work that has been done with the AFL task force and and working with the Tassie State Government and, of course, the AFL. um, We're working pretty hard behind the scenes to to make sure that it's so simple to debunk those myths. So the Colin Carter report, the AFL Commission Colin Carter report, that was, I think, dropped in 2017, 2018, whatever it was, um, that basically said that the, the talent pool will be there based on population growth alone. So um, that that automatically rules out that you're going to dilute the talent pool or suddenly the, the standard of... Um, uh, the, the players that exist in the AFL is going to drop dramatically. Um, you can have a look at, you know, um, what's happened with Gold Coast and GWS, albeit they're not traditional AFL markets, but partici- participation in within the first five years particularly skyrocketed thanks to these AFL franchises existing. Um, it's fair to say that, that will, it will have a similar impact in Tasmania, even though these people are... Well, Tasmania, they're, they're already... Um, passionate AFL supporters and they're, they're all generally aligned with an AFL club but like what happened in um, other traditional states in WA and SA when um, West Coast Frio, Adelaide and Port came on board the the locals quickly defected to support their local team so even even that's a myth that's debunked um, if the, the cost of even having this 19th licence got to be um, less than the median um, is required that the AFL already hands out to the, to the AFL club. So it's viable, and that's money that can already come from the boost in broadcast rights that a 19th team brings. So it's it's self-sufficient, it's sustainable, more importantly, it's viable. Um, and the state itself, um, it's thriving. Like, it's a, it's a great tourism hotspot. So even this whole um, retention 
argument just it, it doesn't stack up. And that's why, look, um, I respect Cameron Ling enormously, but like for someone, it, it's an opinion that, that's unfounded. And it's just, and we know the AFL media is, is saturated with opinions that aren't substantiated with facts. So you only have to, to look at um, all the AFL coverage on a Monday night and there's, we're saturated with these shows where people are just going on gut feels. Like, Jack, you're a passionate Melbourne supporter. Three losses isn't great, but it wouldn't be too difficult for Melbourne to arrest that. So people all of a sudden just... No, 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 mate. It's all over. It's finished. All right. <laughs> well, that, that's what happens. So, so we read too heavily We um, into, into short-term um, things, I, I believe. But, yes. Um, yeah, I, I think that the, the case study itself stacks up significantly. Um, the AFL will be, <laughs> certainly be hard-pressed to overlook this one. Yes, uh, we're talking to John and Ash, the producer of The Believers, uh, Tasmania's AFL Journey podcast. And uh, make sure you download it wherever you can download podcasts because it's a fascinating um, little series of events. Um, now, tell us, how's it going then? Uh, I mean, the AFL this week came out with a date it needs to be uh, done by and, um, you know, all the, the voting and everything. How's it looking, do you think? Yeah, it's one of those things where it's... Um you, you, you ride the bumps. Um, it's a mountain of work. So this is, to strip it back, the task force, it's, this is really a passion project. It's an eclectic mix of um, Tasmanians headlined with Alistair Clarkson and, and Nick Rewalt being a Tasmanian as well. But um, the work that's been done to get it to this stage has been significant. So this is, um, there's been multiple um, pushes by Tassie Task Force for an AFL licence. So as early as I think in 1990, Tasmania in a state of origin game beat Victoria, and albeit everyone recognises that it was a, basically a Victoria B team. And from that moment, it was sort of a landmark moment, Robert Shaw being the coach, and he, he um, put it to a vote for the 22 players that played that day. He said, if there was a Tasmanian team coming tomorrow, how many of you would play for that team? And 21 hands went up immediately. So... Since then, there's been a real drive and like um, a passion from Tasmanians that hey, we deserve a team too. So, for, for whatever reason, it sort of failed with the sort of the, the misconception that commercially the state wouldn't be able to support a team. But um, it has almost two and a half times as many people living in Tasmania as Geelong does. So. Geelong is really propped up well. They've had success lately, but they've got an incredible stadium deal. Um, it's quite lucrative for them to stage a home game. They get a real um, decent clip of the ticket for that one. Um, and the AFL has come out and said that, yep, uh, and um, I can understand their, their their reasoning behind it, but they obviously want a state-of-the-art to build a new stadium in Hobart. Um, and that's where we need to try and... There's bipartisan government support for that. We just need to make sure that the we can get it over the line because even if you go to a game at, at Adelaide and the Adelaide Oval and what that's done for the city and conversely what Optus Stadium's done for Perth, it just makes sense. It just would add to the thriving metropolis that Hobart has now become. Um, and unlike, um, I don't think that's, that's, while Tasmania would predominantly play in Hobart, it's not overlooking other cities like Launceston. So GWS, they play the bulk of their games at um at the showgrounds in the Canberra, Geelong also mixed between Cadinia Park and the MCG. So uh, 
chopping and changing between home home grounds isn't isn't something that's different. But um, I think things to answer your question is I bloody waffle and go around in circles. Uh, uh, yeah, I went to your wedding and heard your wedding speech. Great so I understand this. I'm still going. No, we're we're optimistic. So it's about um, <laughs> all the research will be put forward to the to the AFL president, and it'll come to August for for the vote to take place. So no, we're we. Yeah, the work that's been done, we couldn't be happier with what's with what's been developed. We think the the case is compelling, um, and we've got decent arguments to to those that believe why a Tassie team can't exist. The, like I, I don't think we would have um, fifteen years ago would have thought, yeah, a team in GWS would have been would have been viable. Um, it's purely been an attractive venture because it's an untapped AFL market. Whereas Tassie, you've got AFL fans there; they, they're AFL mad. Um, plonk a team there and they'll support it like no other. Now, you, you spoke about Alistair Clarkson and I know on air, I mean, we can all listen and hear what he's got to say. Off air, did you find out anything about him or is he... Is there more passion there? Is it, like, where's he ending yeah, up? Yeah, absolutely. I think if you're involved in any project basically from um, its infancy, it's hard to not get romantic about it and that's something that that's even surprised Clarko. So he has um, an incredible passion, as you can tell by, from his coaching style, where you know he's always trying to find the, the new edge when he was at Hawthorne. He's learning from, from other sports. He's forever trying to um, try to find the, the latest edge on, on based on what these international codes are doing. So he's always been back and forth in the States, particularly leaning off the Green Bay model and how... Again, they've got such a, a small population, but they've been able to grow such a strong um, football club in the NFL. So that's, there's so many learnings from that that Tasmania would um, would adopt if given the opportunity to have a team in the competition. So his influence, his passion um, has been, yeah, indelible to, to this push. So when you've got someone of his, of his stature, Involved and he's carrying the can on saying, like, yeah, it's a no-brainer. Um, that certainly is, some, is a voice that, that can't be ignored. Uh, and along with that selling point would be, uh, we assume he would coach. Well, no, not necessarily, no? because if if um, if the, the, the push is successful, it would still be some time away. Um, and from what you hear anyway, Clark is very keen to sort of get back... Um, mm coaching so um, and when you're when you're so competitive and passionate about the game it's, it's going to be difficult for him to have another year out um, I think he's already sort of scratching to, to get out there and, and coach a team so I think if it, if a team was, was able to um, come into the competition for next year he'd absolutely be the man but I think um, he's very eager to, to, to find a, a new football club and, and have, a, have an impact and and hopefully build on his enormous legacy. There isn't a coach out there that's had a, a greater contribution um, than he has. So I think that the AFL is less for, for him not being involved. So the sooner we can have him in an AFL club, the better the competition's going to be, I think. Uh, you're quite right. Has the AFL given sort of any indication or <coughs> any early indication about how, the, uh, how, how you're progressing? I, uh, I, well, I'm not intimately involved in those discussions, but um, the task force is forever in contact with the AFL. So 
particular um, numbers and finances and things like that and models are always shared and, and refined alongside the AFL. So they're very much across the campaign details and they're, they're having their say in what areas need to be um, improved or, or, or whatever. But but no, I think it's, while, while it's, it's, a, it's a push to try and influence the AFL, they're very much involved in helping make sure that this is in the best interest of the code um, because the model itself is, is, is interesting because, you know, you've got the, the, the wealthy clubs like a Collingwood and West Coast and even Adelaide there, you know, they've got that tax they've got to help contribute to the AFL which go to the clubs which aren't doing so well financially. So you can understand why um, they might be saying, well, hang on a minute, we're, they're, they're questioning the, the financial viability of the AFL and we're bringing in another team. But... Um, that's where the work of the task force has come in, and it's not a Tasmanian team would not be a burden on the AFL. In fact, quite the opposite. It would add, it would add value. Um, so that's where you're forever working with the AFL to make sure that it's the most um, com- comprehensive um, pitch as possible. And I think we're nearly there. Everything's sort of building up. Um, it'll be August before we know it, um, and hopefully within that time we'll have some sort of understanding of the of the new broadcast rights as well and um, if it's uh, if it's anything we anticipate it's going to be more lucrative than the last one and, and hopefully that's enough to help finance a new team. Yes, we certainly do and uh, the AFL wanted a stadium uh, and the Tasmanian um, government changed um, hands over the years so um, and I think the new government's not that crash hot on it so how, how do we work around that? No, just a change of premiership, Jack. So the premier stood down and, a, and one of his colleagues stepped in. So, no, that's, look, that's another misconception. I think that's... You've got bipartisan support. So as part of the launch of the campaign, which was a, a few months ago now, across all the, the print titles in Tasmania, there was a photo of all three um, political parties um, holding a, a Tasmania jumper. So they recognise what this will do for state um, because when you invest in, in something like this it, it's going to have uh, significant economic benefits from tourism to health um, to a range of things too so the, the government's investment in a team is going to come back two threefold into the state's economy so no they're, they're very much behind it it's just um, it's trying to uh, get the, the required funds from state and federal government to, to build a stadium like it is because um, for it to be a success you can't really cut corners on something like that and something that's got to be a centrepiece in a, in a capital like, like Hobart you need to make sure it's done right so well that it, it doesn't take a couple of weeks just to plan um, and build a stadium it takes years so we're in the early throes of that but no that that's a, that's another myth that we can debunk right now that um yeah, all political parties are behind it. So. I'm glad you've got you on tonight then, Jono, to what? debunk all these myths. I think Jono's going to barrack be the number one ticket holder oh, for the sure. Tasmanian too. Exactly right. Yeah, to, be, to be honest, like, that's what um, being a part of this podcast series where you're in a room with these passionate Tasmanian yeah. people and some have been close to tears. <laughs> it's all, it's cult-like, the passion. Like, it's, it's easy to get swept up in. So that's... Yeah, uh, to feel like I've played such a small contribution to this push is, is quite is something which I'm going to look back on and go like, wow, that was pretty exciting. Yeah, but awesome. the thing is, it it's so close, and it's while I've only sort of been on the journey since late last year, um, 
and I feel like I've been riding on my toes at the bush where we're nearly there. So it's and you, you talk to it like a Chris Fagan, like they they say it's um, we just need a right or wrong here. Like it's been yes. the state's been oh, look, it's got four AFL Hall of Fame legends in like um, inaugural inductees. So it's it's history is is significant. Um, well, I'm a yes, mate. Yeah, well, we're both yeah, yeses, of yes. course. Um, but tell us, it'll be uneven. It'll be 19 teams. Have we got an idea where the 20th might be? Uh, got no idea. Luckily, it's not our decision to make. But um, the, the AFL's been in this position before where we've had odd numbers. I think from, like, 92 to 95, we had an, an odd number until Fremantle arrived. And, um, yeah, it wasn't long. Similarly, similarly, when Gold Coast came in, we had, we had an odd number for a season. I think, if anything, it's going to be beneficial because... You could actually stagger it where a team has a buy every week. And instead of having this period that we have now, and I, I'm sure you guys feel the same as AFL fans, there's nothing worse than rolling into a weekend and there's only a handful of games. Yeah, so yep. that's where we can commit to eight games, well, nine games around, and one team has a buy every week. I think it's, it's nearly the preferred model going forward rather than sort of being, being sold three weeks of just, um, you know, a handful of games of footy around. So it works. It's all been done. I'm quite happy that Melbourne aren't playing this weekend, I'll be honest. (laughs) Well, hey, Jack, if... um be, you, I reckon the D's will come good, even though Gorney's sort of gone yeah, down. Yeah, they're all gone. They're all going down. Even T-Mac and... Jack, all, Jack, all the D's have to do is just make the eight. They're that good. They're sort of make the uh, eight and whoopty bloody do. No, See what happens. He's stressing out, mate. He's oh, stressing out. It's a horrible time to be a Melbourne supporter. Nice to watch. <laughs> well, look at this. From a, from a West Coast perspective, we're about to have side away this week and actually get some players back. And I'm sort of thinking, well, hang on a minute. I wouldn't mind having the number one pick. So there'd be nothing worse to have a really bad year than all of a sudden come good in the back half of the year and you just climb up the ladder for no real good values to the team whatsoever. So Exactly what I said we'll, last week, Warren. We'll talk about that in the next few shows, I reckon. We're getting to that point. Oh, I know. Bring back the D's of 2009. I think the West Coast will take a leaf out of that book. very, very good season. Hey, look, Jono, that was great. Awesome information. Love chatting all Tasmanian. We'll get you on again, no doubt, when the decision is made. And uh, but it's uh, it's great to hear your passion for it. Easy boys, thanks for your time. Chat with you anytime soon.